Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. All right, fans, we are live once again with the Combat Cast. We're going to talk about all the happenings that happened over the weekend with UFC 291, Spence versus Crawford. But before we do that, we're going to talk about these coming fights. And Chevy's going to tell us what we got coming up after today, too. All right, August 12th, USC fight night, Luque versus Dos Anjos. And then August 19th, we're back with a pay-per-view to uh, 292, uh, Sterling versus O'Malley from Boston. And then August 26th, UFC fight night, Holloway versus the Korean Zombie. I think that's in like Singapore or something. So that'll either be, I think that's like at 8 a.m. on the East Coast uh, yeah. fight card. <laughs> so looking forward to that. That's going to be tremendous. Um, all good fights, but I mean, this weekend's, uh, like you said before, like San Hank and Font, I know we'll talk about the co first. Like that became more of an interesting fight to me now. Yeah. Uh, this entire card is kind of a sleeper card. There's no big, big names on it, but matchup wise, it's a great card. But um, yeah, that that new main event really sells it for me. But let's uh, let's talk about the co main first. Jessica Andraj versus Tatiana Suarez. All right. Jessica Andraj, she's 24 and 11, nine KOs, eight subs, seven decisions. So, I mean, if you look at that, like she's, she can win a decision, she can sub you, she can KO you. And this is a woman who has fought in basically all three women's weight classes here. I'm bantamweight, uh, flyweight, and uh, strawweight. You know, I'm not, she wasn't a featherweight, but um, that's not a real division. Anyway. That's not, no. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she's a former um, strawweight champion. She's had performance of the night five times. She's had fight of the night four times. She's a finisher. She's strong. This is a major step up for her opponent, Tatiana Suarez, who, uh, you know, was a strawweight winner on the Ultimate Fighter. And she's had a performance tonight. She's 9 and 0. Uh, this is a girl with great amateur background here. Um, two KOs, four subs, three decisions. But this is a major step up. I do think, though, stylistically, she's a great matchup for Andraz. Um, I'm going to pick her. I think she's going to get a decision. But this is definitely a step up. She could get caught. We're going to see. We very well could see what that chin's made of here. Yeah, I said I pitied the fighter that had to fight Andrade next after yeah. her last two losses. Um, but I'm not worried about Tatiana. Uh, Different animal. If, yeah, if she's healthy, she's among the most skilled fighters in the division, uh, for sure. Jessica's powerful, but Tatiana's uh, wrestling is levels above everyone else in the flyweight division. So, um, I think she's going to work on that, you know, avoid the big shots from Jessica um gets her down i think she gets her back in subs or i'll say round three round three you think it's a sub i was wondering i'm gonna go with decision but 
And, you know, you do make a good point. I think she could very well tie out Andraz with the style of fight that she does, too. So. Yeah, frustrator, I think. You know, Andraz will start feeling the urgency after being down on points, and she'll make a mistake trying to get up and give up her back, I think, is what's going to happen. All right, let's talk about the main event. Super exciting main event now. Corey Sandhagen versus Rob Font. Rob Font, 20 and 6, 9 KOs, 4 subs, 7 decisions, 10 and 5 in the UFC. He's had fight of the night twice, performance of the night four times. Corey Sandhagen, 16 and 4, 7 KOs, 3 subs, 6 decisions, 9 and 3 in the UFC. Fight of the night twice, performance of the night twice. Very similar uh, records, very similar performances of the night, bonuses, you know. Um, if you look at that, you could say evenly matched. And I definitely feel like on the feet, Rob Font can hang with just about anybody. However, where this is going to, I think, favor Corey is Corey, I think, is just better all around. And that's not to say that Font isn't. I just think Corey's another level all around. Like, I think Rob Font is a top five fighter. But I think Corey Sanhagen is a few adjustments away from being potentially a championship fighter. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference. So, you know, no disrespect to either one, but I just feel like Sanhagen has more tools. And I think when it comes to that toolbox, he's going to get a submission. And I think it's going to be a little late because Font is a dog, as I like to say. And I'm going to say round four, Corey Sanhagen gets it done. I'm going to say rear naked choke for some reason. Maybe a standing rear naked, too. Yeah, so obviously this is such a great matchup. I'm with you. Uh, they have similar abilities on the feet. So uh, Rob looked fantastic um, against Adrian Yanez uh, in his most recent fight. He had a little bit of struggle before that, but he looked great against Yanez, who is a up-and-coming prospect for sure. And uh, Sanhagen just beat Yadong and Cheeto Vera. So yeah. uh, two guys at the top of their game for sure. Rob, more technical in the boxing department, but Corey's longer. He's more creative on the feet also. Um, And like you were saying, he's willing to mix in the wrestling and grappling. So um, I think that allows him to get a decision win. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets up on the scorecard, like we're talking about with the last fight, gets up on the scorecard early. Rob has to put himself in danger, pushing for a finish. Um, And then that'll allow Corey to set him up to walk into something explosive like a flying knee like he did with our boy Frankie Edgar or something like that. But I'm going to go with decision win for Corey. Absolutely. So let's get into this past weekend's main card. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, we're going to go through the whole main card because it was that great. So let's get right into it. Michael Chiesa versus Kevin Holland. Uh, Michael Chiesa, Kevin Holland. It was kind of what we said. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, yes, it tried to push that wrestling because it was really his only shot. But Holland kind of big brothered him at times. Holland was the stronger fighter, I maybe even the quicker fighter. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, when it got to the ground, it, Holland was just as good, if not better, than Kiesa. So, really, it was Kiesa's one chance was to get the takedown, which he could not really do successfully, and then try to really grind it out. But Holland was very capable. Um, and it was interesting. He got that Darce, and I didn't know this, but we found out afterwards, too, Kiesa almost kind of did himself in. He kind of called it and said that's his weakness, and Holland has a great Darce choke, and that is exactly what happened. Uh, I will let you take over here, but I will just say I always like to throw little fights after this, too. 
I think uh, as far as welterweights go, Kevin Holland and Neil Magny is a fight that's actually not happened yet. And I feel like they're pretty even ground, but I also think it'd be another win for Holland. Yeah, he he talked about going up to 185. I don't see the point of that other than he just doesn't want to cut weight. Right. Um, he definitely seems more apt to you know work his way to a title at welterweight than he does at middleweight. But um, anyway, back to this Kiesa fight. Um, Kiesa's just struggling for sure. Uh, his striking hasn't really improved since tough. The game's kind of passing him by. Um, he's great once he gets it to the ground, but his ability to get the takedown, um, fighters are just hip to it now. He shoots from really far out. Um, he can't strike to get into range to go for takedowns. Um, and, and part of the reason why he gets caught with all those darts is, uh, is because when he, he dives in for these takedowns, he's reaching out, you know, he's shooting from so far away, he's reaching out and, you know, it just leaves you super susceptible to get wrapped up there. So, uh, Kevin Holland, a black belt of her, um, a black belt jujitsu player. So, even though you don't see him using it too much, he can wrap you up. So uh, that's what he did to Kiesa. So um, I feel bad for Michael. It's a tough matchup for him, too. If you're a wrestler, he used to fight at 155. Holland used to fight at 185. Uh, tough to take down a guy like that. But um, I don't know what's next for Kiesa. He's not. Looks great. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Get a fitness a dietitian and see if you can get back down to 155 in a healthy way. He's very tall, though, but that what I would think would be his best chance at causing some waves here. Yeah, I, I thought when he moved up to 170, he was looking like a world beater initially, but hmm. these top these you know top level guys just have his number, so he's got to yeah. figure something out. All right, let's get into the next fight. Uh, sad fight: Tony Ferguson versus Bobby Green. Yeah, uh, sad if you're Tony Ferguson fan and you're Tony, but I mean, I like Tony, but I also like Bobby Green, and this was a fun fight. Tony knocked him down in the first round, but then, you know, Bobby kind of felt like, to me, like he had the slight edge, but Tony felt like he was still there, I would say, up until maybe the third, maybe the end of the second, uh, but then when that third happened, and... Uh, you know, Bobby had him on the ground and he was going for that side choke. And I thought to myself, ah, no way. But he did. Bobby Green tapped him out. Only uh, a second uh, submission victory, by the way, I believe. Yeah, incredible. Um, so Bobby's on a roll. Yeah. Unbelievable. Bobby's on a roll. Uh, just to throw an opponent out for him, uh, Matt uh, Frivola. Oh, I think that's his name. Steamroller for Volvo. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting fight. Oh, yeah, and, that'd be a fun one. Only a few off in the Matador sort of thing, I think. Yeah, I think that could be good. Yeah, that'd be a great matchup. Um, yeah, love Bobby Green, too, but uh, I think this fight more for me is about Tony Ferguson. Uh, you know, I, I knew it was going to be sad, um, mm-hmm. but it was extra sad that he got choked out. Uh, it just shows his decline for sure because his jujitsu game was levels above guys for a long time and uh, super creative ways similar to his striking and you could tell even when he was even when he had Bobby in his guard uh, initially I'm like oh you know this is dangerous territory for Bobby um, 
He couldn't land those elbows that he normally did to cut up opponents. He was flailing. He couldn't even trap Bobby's arm to go for an arm bar. Uh, you know, Tony just doesn't have what he had before. Uh, he's just not the same fighter. Not to say he's not a great fighter, mm. but, you know, he was arguably at one time the best lightweight in the world. Um, he's just not that anymore. So um, I, I, I kind of hope the UFC, he's not going to retire. Here's the thing. He's not going to retire. It's going to be a BJ Penn situation where the UFC is going to have to cut him or just not sign him after his contract is up. Mm-hmm. But uh, I-, I hope they kind of force his hand. I hope they give him. I heard Brendan Job talking about this. I hope they give him one more fight, a good matchup, and they give him the Robbie Lawler treatment. You know, he is a legend. He's done a lot for the company. I hope they give him a nice reel and a send off. I don't think he'll take it as gracefully as Robbie because he'll be big forced out, but I think that's what he deserves. And I don't really want to see him fight anymore. So he uh, talked about talking with his team and talking about with Dana and Bush said he wasn't done, but he talked about what was next. And hopefully they all will talk what's next and maybe, um, you know, talk him into just maybe one last fight and uh, see where it go from there. Cause right now he could be a UFC hall of famer. Still yeah. with his potential. So, I mean, you know, I think that should be uh, what's on the point, and that's what they should talk to him about. Yeah. All right, let's move on from super sad to super fucking happy. Derek mm-hmm. Lewis versus Marcos Rodrigo de Lima. All right, we're going to cover a few things here. Um, Derek Lewis, <laughs> that flying knee, um, he just hits straight out of the Masvidal playbook. It's tremendous. And he, you know, he's just he's going for broke immediately and he gets it. And um this is just classic Derek Lewis afterwards. He's taking off the shorts, he's doing the DX crotch chop, he's running around with the shorts, he's doing the dancing, throwing right? his cup into the crowd. Uh, he's just having a blast and it's fun. And uh it's funny because uh but I'll let you get into more of the fight, but I want to talk about a few things here. Um <laughs> it's funny because uh, after this, me and we're both like, we found out this was his, uh, you know, final fight on his contract. And we're both like, oh, well, he's staying. UFC loves him. But then we realized that he has a win over Francis Nagana, Naganu, and the PFL might throw Wait. him. A, well, right. It's one of the most boring fights of all time. Neither one of them did nothing. But the more I think about it, I'm like, he could get a huge payday for that. And stylistically, he has a chance to beat Francis. And whereas if he stays at the UFC, he's probably going to get a lot of younger, hungrier guys that are coming up and he'll have fun and he'll get paid. He can't really go wrong. He's going to do okay either way financially, but man, I if PFL can offer him a couple million for a Francis fight. I think I might take that as much as I would miss having the black beast around the UFC all the time. And uh, we'll talk about this after um, I'll get your feelings for the fight, but this is right around the time the Spence Crawford fight was about to start, and we were about to watch that too. So go ahead about this fight. Yeah, so Black Beast comes out. He's thinking, you know, I'm going to throw this bullshit and see if it lands. Uh, he throws that flying knee that landed flush on um, Marcos's chin, um, puts him down, and he just sees his opportunity and ground and pound. Best in the business at ground and pound Derek Lewis, so uh 
it was amazing, just indescribable joy. And, uh, you know, obviously he put on a show for the fans afterwards as well. So um, he's a hilarious guy. Like you were saying, he's going to get paid wherever he goes. PFL, good shout. I wouldn't be surprised if one championship tries to throw some money his way or something. But ultimately, I hope he signs with the UFC. You know, I believe they've taken care of him. Uh, in the past, even though they know he's probably not going to be champ just because, you know, he holds the records for the most KOs. Um, That's not somebody you want to let go to another, you know, organization or whatever. And even if he's not going to be champion, even if you don't make him the main event, he doesn't want to fight five rounds, let's be honest. So even if you don't make him the main event, he's still a draw no matter where he is on the card. Um I, you know, DFC has plenty of money. Pay the man. But if he goes to PFL, I would love to see it, that matchup against Francis again for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He has a possibility of maybe stealing a lot of Francis's hype that he has right now as well. You know, in a crazy world, in a crazy world, this is, it would require two huge upsets. But Nate Diaz wins this weekend, right? He beats Jake Paul. Nagano somehow upsets Tyson Fury too, and which is even less likely to happen. But you know, let's say that happens. Nagano's got all this momentum. He ends up fighting Derek Lewis in an MMA fight because that's what they want to do next. They do Jake Paul and Nate on the same card. This would be the even if they those don't. This could be the biggest PFL card. Oh, absolutely. This, yeah, you would make this at any. Yeah. Could be. No, it would be the biggest yeah. PFL. Yeah. So, I mean, if I'm PFL, I'm working overtime. I'm trying to get that done. Yeah, for sure. But um, good. Let's, let's talk about Crenson, uh, Spence and Crawford a little bit okay. since we were getting into it during this. Yeah. So, at this point, uh, they're coming out. We have a second TV. We're watching this. And uh, we, but uh, Pahara and uh, Jan is coming on next at the same time. So we're watching both these fights at the same time. And Jan and uh, Behera was an interesting fight, but I would say out of the main card was probably the weakest because it wasn't a finish. It wasn't anything going on. And Spence and Crawford, like Crawford was putting on a clinic. It was unbelievable. Uh, This was boxing at its best though. The intensity was there. It really made for a special night as Guys that love combat sports, our friend Scott was like, you know, <laughs> my ADHD is driving me crazy because we had both TVs going on. And again, at Pahara and uh, Jan was not boring in a sense because Jan almost had Pahara's back, you know. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, that body triangle on yeah. him for a while. But but anyway, as far as the boxing went, Crawford put a uh, clinic on, I believe it was around 10. What's the finish? Nine. It was round nine. Round nine yeah, was yeah. A- he had a knockdown in round two, I believe, and then yes. two knockdowns in round seven. Mm-hmm. TKO finish round nine, and, and he he maybe lost the first round and maybe. dominated every other round. It was the most impressive boxing performance I've ever seen, um, because I I expected this to be razor close. I I picked Crawford to win, but I thought it would be you know back and forth for sure. Crawford dominated. He showed, you know, he's arguably the number one pound for pound boxer in the world. Uh, I'm excited to see what's next for him. Even if it's the rematch with Spence at the higher weight class, that would be good too. But uh, anybody he fights, I want to see next. Absolutely. Um, 
And, you know, at the end of the day, um, so I got distracted here by a minute. I'm looking at something. But, um, yeah, uh, Pahara and Blahovich was going on at the same time. And uh, Pahara, I'll say this, a lot of people didn't think he necessarily won the fight. But it was close. And a lot of people tell you it wasn't a robbery, too, I think. You know, it was very close. And really, just if you if you score ground time still, which is not, I think, is being as heavily influenced anymore in the scorecards. Right. Sure. Right. But uh, what I really took away from this, though, too, is Behera, who's now eight and two, did not get finished despite Jan having his back. That's impressive, especially when his next fight is probably going to be for the light heavyweight championship. And it's going to be against Prohaska or Jamal Hill, probably Prohaska, it looks like. And like, <laughs> you know, those are going to be more favorable matchups with him with guys who are probably going to try to strike with him, too. Yuri did good on the ground with Glover, though. So, you know, who is uh, Alex's mentor, obviously. But, yes, great improvement uh, for Alex on the ground, for sure. I thought he was going to get rolled up real easy. But vast improvement. He looked great. Uh, Good job defensively. Um, I'm very excited for the next matchup. Him and Yuri is a very exciting fight. If it takes place on the feet, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Yuri is great on the feet, uh, creative and stuff, but technically, uh, Alex is much better, way more powerful. Um, and if he can keep it standing, he has a chance to be late heavyweight champ. He really does. I feel like he's got a better chance of beating one of those guys than he did Jan. Yeah. And that's not to say that he will, but I just feel like stylistically he has a better chance. So, um, again, maybe this wasn't the most exciting fight out of the main card where so many we had so many bangers, but this was still a very interesting outcome because this is the most interesting outcome, I think, and favorable outcome for the UFC. Right, for sure. All right, let's talk about this main event. Uh, Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje for the BMF belt. Incredible. Dustin Gaethje, um, you know, second round uh, head kick. And, of course, Dustin kind of blocks it a little bit, but it still comes through. And it's the exact same head kick in the exact same building that Leon Edwards hit on Usman. Usman, of course, being one of Gaethje's training partners. So it is very fascinating to me. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about that, but that's fascinating to me because that means, you know, we're putting ego aside and go, hey, that worked on me. Hey, why don't you see? He seems like he's susceptible for this too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, great, just great. That that makes me so impressed, like with the coaching and the teammate and the team he's got there. Um, and other than that, too, Justin Gaethje, there is a level of dialed in that I feel like is at a. It's just it's at another level right now that we hadn't seen before with him. He's always been chaotic, but he's been more controlled. But now he's looking even, even more controlled. This is the best Justin Gaethje's ever looked. And, uh, I mean, he's got to fight for the lightweight championship next. I'm sure, you know, we're going to have Islam and uh, Charles Oliveira, who deserves it, next. But he, he's he got to be waiting and then getting the rematch. And if somebody falls off and Charles gets injured, then Justin's got to be the guy to get right in there. And, uh, you know, if I'm Volkanovski, then it's like, okay, we're definitely – He'll take another fight at featherweight um, and uh, he'll have to wait because uh, he was, he was looking like he was close to possibly getting 
yeah. in there too. But now after this performance, Gaethje has to be next in line after Charles. Yeah, tremendous, tremendous finish over a top, top level guy. Don't get it twisted. Dustin Poirier is still a top, top level guy. So um, what a great matchup that was. Uh, Gaethje Taylor made for the BMF belt or the BMF belt Taylor made for Justin Gaethje. Uh, now that he's reined in that chaotic style a little bit and chooses when to explode, um, he he just seems like he's on a path to the title, uh, you know, that can't be stopped at this point. So uh, I agree with you. His focus, um, determination, he just seems to be on a different level. So uh, bummer for Dustin. I picked Dustin, um, but Gaethje just looked that great. Um, who picked head kick knockout, by the way? I don't mm-hmm. I think I've seen Gaethje throw two head kicks before this fight ever. So. Um, maybe you should throw a little bit more though, because those super powerful leg kicks, if he can land them on people's head, you can see it goes through the guard. So, uh, Poirier hasn't been finished since Michael Johnson finished him in like 2016 or 2017 or something like that. So, uh, very durable guy. So, uh, not sure what's next for Dustin. There's not too much left in the division for him to do. Uh, maybe, a trilogy with Gaethje at some point, but not next for sure. Um, I'm looking for Gaethje to get that title shot and, and I'm praying, I'm praying that he can get a title win. I want to see him hold the belt. I wanted to see whoever won this fight. I wanted to see them get and hold the belt. Sure. Yeah. You know, what's funny too, though, if Justin can pull it off somehow, Poirier could get a win over somebody and be right back in there. You could yep. have the trilogy. For the title so yep it's um, such a such a great division lightweight yeah just fantastic division it's very jammed up at the top especially with volkanovsky trying to come up uh from featherweight and you know make his mark as well but great division yeah the cr in the comments with the praying hands i think he's uh hoping we're all hoping that justin gaethje does get this title shot and uh does pull it off now um this weekend we do have a couple fights coming up Let's talk about some bullshit. Uh, Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. Let's get through this quickly. Uh, what do you got? We got a we got a favorite Jake Paul. Unfortunately, he has the edge. He's boxed more than we know. We know Nate has a boxing background, uh, but Jake is bigger, and this is the kind of fight Jake likes to pick. Usually, mm-hmm. uh, MMA fighters who uh, who are a little older and that he's bigger than. Now, where this could backfire is. Uh, I know they were talking about 10. I Last I heard, now it is back to eight rounds. Oh, is so, it? Yeah, I think it, I think they reconsidered that. But where this could backfire is if Jake does gas. Nate Diaz, unbelievable cardio, and uh, you never know. But I will say this. If I had to bet with my wallet, unfortunately, I'd probably pick Jake just because he has the boxing experience. However... My heart is Nate Diaz all the way. I hope he knocks him out. You know, I hope it's one of those things where maybe he just survives early and then takes him out in round six or seven and flattens him. That's what I hope. Yeah, I'm I'm not the biggest uh, Nate Diaz fan, as I've said on this podcast before, but I'm definitely not the biggest Jake Paul fan either. So uh, interesting matchup. I know hitting pads means nothing at all, but Jake Paul has looked good hitting pads lately uh very powerful he's definitely more powerful than nate um nate 
super durable, but we'll we'll see with those 16 ounce gloves if Jake can touch them up a little bit. But I agree with you. If it goes past like round three or whatever, that power is going to be zapped. And uh, it's going to be a long night in the office for Jake Paul. He's going to get touched up and probably finish because the volume that Nate will put on him will be too much. That being said, uh, this is assuming that Nate Diaz is taking this seriously at all. We haven't seen any promotion for the fight from him at all. Uh, He didn't give a shit about that Tony Ferguson fight when he was supposed to be coming in to fight the hardest fight of his life, Kamzat. Uh, Chumayev. So if he just doesn't care anymore and he comes in looking like he did against Tony, he's going to get his ass whooped so bad. Uh, Twitter is going to bl- explode with Nate Diaz army uh, shit. So um, I- I'm-, I'm hoping he comes in ready to go and he, he gets this bag from Jake Paul. So uh, let's not talk about that anymore. Let's talk about some real shit. Um, Bellator 298 Storley versus Ward. Um, Brennan Ward is a local guy for us here, working fans. Uh, friend of the show, Sean Shamrock, best friends with that guy. Um, he is a welterweight contender, uh, fighting, fighting Logan Storley, who uh only has lost to Yarnislav, who I believe is the champion, the Ukrainian champion. He's only lost to him. But uh, Brendan, um, since 2022, he's sort of, you know, rearranged his life, gotten his life kind of together. Looked like a completely different man, completely different fighter. Uh, three straight sec- uh, second round finishes for him. I, uh, you know, going to pick with my heart here. I think he yeah. keeps it going. Uh, I'm going to say pick against Brendan. I won't pick against Brendan because yeah. he's local and Sean's been on the show before. So we're picking Brendan. And I guess I'll just say this too. I'm pulling for Brendan. I want him to win this, and uh, this is a great opportunity. So good luck to Brendan Ward this weekend. and uh, Probably gets a title shot if he can get another win here. 100%. 100%. All right, man. Uh, Why don't we tell people what we got coming up one more time? All right. August 12th, USC fight night, Vicente Luque versus Rafael Dos Anjos. August 19th, UFC 292 from Boston. Sterling versus O'Malley for the Bantamweight belt. And then August 26th, UFC Fight Night, Holloway versus the Korean Zombie. All right, guys. It was a great weekend of fights. Look forward to this weekend of fights. Thanks for tuning in. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 